It's whiskey, Jim, but not as we know it. Heroes and Heretics founder only discovered in his 37th year on this planet that whiskey was an amazing adventure. Most people's memory of whiskey seemingly ended in disaster and bouts of self-induced illness. Having known this to be true earlier in life, for our founder, going back and partaking again was a difficult choice, but one that was absolutely worth making. So this is why you should join Heroes and Heretics Collective. Whiskey is not one experience, and like one bad steak shouldn't stop you eating meat and have you yearning for a lab-grown equivalent, we believe that there is a whiskey out there for everyone. A cocktail with your name on it, a distillery created with you in mind. Not only can your palate change and enjoy the beauty of luxury spirits, we believe the industry should change, expand and enjoy everyone, all cultures, demographics and backgrounds, free of rules and tropes. Knowing that the nuance and esoteric nature of the water of life and many other spirits remained a barrier to the many, we suggest you join Heroes and Heretics Collective. Heroes and Heretics represents anyone and everyone keen to try to sample and eventually to love this magnificent spirit and its peers. Inclusive, exclusive, affordable luxury. There is no right way to drink whiskey. The best way is how you do it. Sign up to the Heroes and Heretics Collective and receive free shipping and 15% off your first order. Remember, Heroes and Heretics, when you think about whiskey. To contact Heroes and Heretics and join the collective and take advantage of this offer, go to www.hahcws.com forward slash join hyphen the hyphen collective forward slash. And if you can't remember that or couldn't write it down fast enough, um, it is on the website, the London Calling website at Ricochet. So just Google Ricochet and London Calling and you'll find all those details. The Heroes and Heretics Whiskey Collective. This is London Calling. London Calling. Like I was saying, it's FTX. It's a safe and easy way to get into crypto. I don't think so. And I'm never wrong about this stuff. Never. Welcome to London Calling with me, James Dellingpole, and my very good friend, Mr. Toby Young. Tobes, it's going to be a short show this week because we had a sort of, we had a sort of um, uh, organisational cock-up, didn't we? We did. That, that you kept asking me, what time do you want to do the show? And I, uh, at 5pm, and I said, yes. And you thought I was replying to some frivolous remark about from Brian about whether we were going to be broadcasting from the Bahamas. Yes, from his hideaway in the Bahamas. Yeah, which was, a, which, which was yeah, amusing, uh, uh, but unfortunately it was a distraction because it means that we're now going to be 40 minutes rather than an hour. Um, and this was, of course, a reference to what I consider the, absolutely the key story of the week. Um, I mean, it's the biggest financial scandal since Enron. And it's, and it's such a Team James story. We're talking about FTX, of course, the, the, the crypto exchange, which has just collapsed, owing billions. And it was, a, it was obviously a, 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 it was a Ponzi scheme, wasn't it? Do you, have you ever been following I, the story? I, have, I, I haven't really been following it, no. Tell me what happened. Okay, so there's this character called Sam Bankman-Fried. Well, it's, it's probably pronounced Freed, but it sounds better, Bankman-Fried. <laughs> this, this is a, a sort of um, a, a whiz kid who, with an education at MIT, uh, all the credentials, um, the fastest billionaire 
ever created in history. At one point, allegedly, according to the sort of the puff pieces on magazines like Fortune, he was worth $24 billion and he, and at he, the age of 30. Well, I thought, is he, OK, at the age of 30, I thought he was, so, so he, is, he is 30, is he? Yeah, okay. he's 30. And he's, he's quite distinctive looking. He's got this sort of wild, frizzy hair. And he was known to take um, to, to miss meetings because he was taking a, taking a, a power nap instead. Right. And he was a subscriber to this this thing, which is apparently very fashionable among the kids of Silicon Valley, called effective altruism. Yes. And and this is this philosophy is is okay. You're really lefty, but you recognise that 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 capitalism is quite a good way of, of, of raising money. So you you the idea is you make like a bandit from the capitalist system and then you spend this on really important projects like animal welfare and global warming and um oh uh, uh pandemic preparedness all all the all the kind of liberal lefty push button causes. So this guy, Sam Bankman Freed, somehow um, manages to be in charge of this crypto exchange worth allegedly billions of and uh, billions of dollars. And somehow mysteriously he, he manages to set up this this crypto exchange in next to no time. You know, part, uh, jumps over all the regulatory hurdles with with no no problem uh which is helped by the fact that he uses all his uh, a huge chunk of his money to bribe all the regulators and this guy is 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 very well connected his his parents are both are both professors and uh his mother is a massive democrat party fundraiser uh his girlfriend is uh, a girl called Caroline Ellison, whose father happens to be an economics professor at MIT called Glenn Ellison, who was formerly the boss of Gary Gensler, who was also uh, formerly at MIT, who is now the head of the SEC under Biden. So in other words, head of the the financial regulatory authorities is the guy who was the former boss of uh, sorry, who was the, um, formerly under the guy who uh, the, the the dad of the girlfriend right. of uh, uh, of Sam Bankman. Uh, and when, uh, so when you say very right, incestuous. when you say bribe the regulators, you don't mean he actually bribed them. You mean what he gave money to the Democratic Party? Oh, he greased all all manner of donated to to, to to causes which would be very beneficial to his his um, passing all the regulatory hurdles. So yeah, it it is absolutely it was a massive, massive Ponzi scheme. So uh, and 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 he 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 funneled money from from FTX, his crypto trading exchange, to um, Alam, Alameda, which was, was which was uh, his his other company, which which his girlfriend girlfriend ran. So when when his girlfriend um, girlfriend's the, the company she was running lost loads and loads of money, he somehow um, funneled out. Uh, millions, if not, I think billions, actually, for, for, from from his other company into to to to, to bankroll her. It's it, it's um. I, I mean, it, it, it sort of defies belief that that this this kind of behaviour could be allowed. I mean, it, he can only got away with this stuff it, um, by being incredibly well connected within the, within the the political elite, which he which he was. 
And now this company has collapsed, owing, I mean, lots of people have, have lost their shirt on this. Um, and it gets even, it gets even better. One, one of the big donors to this, to this um, company um, was the, uh, the, the Ukrainian, the Ukrainian government. And it seems to be, the, 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 the evidence seems, seems to be emerging that what happened was that the Democrat um, administration voted to send uh, millions of dollars out to Ukraine. The Ukrainians then reinvested this money, not in weaponry, but in FTX, who then gave this money back to the Democratic Party, including they, they gave $40 million alone for the, for the, for the, recent, for the, for the midterms. Uh, in fact, Bankman-Fried was the second highest donor to the Dems after George Soros. Right. So <laughs> if you are of the view that the entire political system in America, especially the one involving Democrats, was deeply corrupt and that Ukraine was a massive money laundering operation, then you would have your suspicions um, heavily confirmed by by this FTX story. I mean, it's it's just outrageous. You, can you imagine what would happen if FTX had been had been around in the Trump era and had been bankrolling Trump? I mean, it, it would be all over over the the newspapers, all over the media. Instead, I, I mean, it, it's not getting that much coverage. It's not getting. It's all to be front page news across the media right now. Yeah, and I I I, I did what I I did see that um, uh, that uh, Michael Lewis. Um, you know, the, yes, the author right. of Liar's Poker um, and various other books um, has apparently been embedded with this chap uh, for about six months because he, he wanted to write something about crypto uh, and about this particular cryptocurrency exchange and about Bankman Fried. Um, and um, and and he but he, he apparently in a memo what was put about by his agent over the weekend when the story broke essentially soliciting offers for the movie rights to this book, which Michael Lewis hasn't even begun to write yet, but they think it's such a hot property or will be that, that, that they're trying to sell it already um, and or sell the movie rights already or the television rights. But you know, but the, the, the slightly disappointing thing about the pitch as described by Michael Lewis's agent is that Michael Lewis compared Bankman-Fried to uh, Luke Skywalker, so clearly he's one of the good guys and 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 and, and describes this um other chap who's uh, has got a chinese name like Zhang um and if you know his role in the whole affair he was going to rescue the exchange but in the end didn't he's apparently he's been compared to Darth Vader by Michael Lewis's I opinion. think I think the narrative will flip <laughs> I mean it doesn't matter either way for Mike I, I I'm very happy that that the Michael Lewis was there with him because I love Michael Lewis's book yeah, he's very good and uh, just just fantastic, very entertaining. And I mean, I, this is this is presumably if he changes the ending from from this guy is is um is going to defeat the Death Star and he's a real hero to this guy is a jumped up, snotty, overpromoted kid who's probably going to end up going the same way as as um, Jeffrey Epstein. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think it will be a, uh, an interesting. <laughs> Do you think that's how it'll end? You, I mean, he's currently holed up in the Bahamas, isn't he? But there's a possibility that he may have to return to the United States to be prosecuted. And there's a, he's, I think he's considered a flight risk at the moment, isn't he? He may end up, you know, um, somewhere beyond the extradition abilities of the US. 
Well, there's going to be a lot, a lot of angry people um, who, who are out to get him, out, out for revenge. I, I, I mean, one, one of the things I've, I've, I've enjoyed is the humiliation of... Are you aware of Sequoia Capital? Yes. Sequoia Capital is, is, is one of the, the key Silicon Valley investors. And if they invest in your company, you are... It, it, when you've got their imprimatur, it, mean, it means that you're, you're really really going places and of course they're very they're very choosy about about the the companies that they they invest in and <laughs> sequoia um put in i think something like um 130 million i think it invested in this in this 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 project um because they they just there's there's a <laughs> in their in-house journal which they've now deleted from the internet although you can still find it on the wayback machine they it, it, it describes um how this this young visionary sam bankman fried is going to be the future of of, of crypto etc and, and and about the meeting they had uh, they had a zoom meeting and all these these um <laughs> These Sequoia uh, analysts were going, yes, yes, yes. This this is the guy for us. And and meanwhile, you have Sam Bankman-Fried, who who who's a gamer and was was playing one of his video games in one in one of the one of the meetings and claims um, that there was no point reading a book. You know that that anyone who writes a book has failed because he should he should be able to write it in a kind of a short memo. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it's going to be a great movie. Yeah, it, well, it sounds like it would be it would be more suited in some ways um, to be one of those kind of limited Netflix series, um, like the one about WeWork and the one about Theranos. I think that was um, Disney Plus. Actually. It is another Theranos. It yeah. is abso- absolutely, and apparently, one of the reasons they went for him was was because that he had hair like you know frizzy hair like Albert Einstein. <laughs> And he dressed even more scuzzily than um, the, the the Facebook guy. What's his name? Mark Zuckerberg. Um, yeah. yeah, Mark Zuckerberg. So he, so he had all the char- he, he he had all the characteristics they were looking for. They didn't look at his business plan or <laughs> or his his the actual finances of the operation. Um, the, the, so they fell for the Ponzi scheme. It's amazing. You know, you, you think these these things these people are supposed to be really clever. Have you ever have you ever dabbled in crypto? Do you have any um, yeah, bitcoins? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Lots, of, lots of people right now um, are, as as happens every time there's a crypto crash, all the the no coiners, all the people who are not exposed to crypto, um, they gloat and they say this is this is the death knell of this is the f- this is the nail in the co- coffin of crypto. It will never survive this. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure that's the case. I mean, I mean, if 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 it is the the nail in the coffin, it it's it, it's the first because <laughs> um, every time before it's bounced back. Right, right. And I mean, there's even the suspicion that this this whole event may have been been partly. I mean, apart from funding the Democratic Party and, and partly uh, money laundering the, the the Ukraine donations, it may also have been calculated to crash crypto. In order that the whales can move in and buy and buy crypto at a, a depressed price. Right. It's, it, 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 you haven't personally lost lost any money from the collapse of this crypto exchange. Well, the thing is, um, if you play it right, you can you can profit from the drops. I mean, what, 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 one of the exciting thing about things about crypto is that it's so volatile that as long as you can trade the the ups and the downs. Mm. You're okay. I mean, it would be very, it'd be a very bad position, say, 
if you were of the HODL persuasion, HODL, uh, H-O-D-L, which, which is a, a misprint for, for hold. Um, and there is a philosophy that says, you know, just, just hang on to your Bitcoin and, and, and you'll be fine in the end. You know, just, just don't get distracted by the, the ups and downs. But at the beginning of this year, I think it was around $60,000 and it's now trading at $17,000. So a lot of people will have lost a lot of money. Right. Um, I mean, my own theory on crypto, for what it's worth, and I, I know bugger all about it, but I, but I talk to people who do, is that ultimately it, you have to look at the market cap. Uh, and the market cap varies between, I, th- I think at its peak, it was about $2.1 trillion. It's currently about 800, just about $820 billion. So, so there's been quite a fall. I think you'd start worrying. What's, if it, that the, what's that the market cap of? Of all cryptos. Okay. Um, so it's how much is totally invested in the, in, in the crypto market. Um, if it fell significantly b- below eight, 800 um, billion, I think you would start to worry. But at the moment, it's at the, it, the prices are about the same as they were in people who bought in 2016, I think. Um, who are who are disinclined to sell? These are long-term holders. Uh, unless they're frightened out of the market, I would say that that, that that there is not going to be a massive crypto crash that that the no coiners want. Okay. So James, we should probably hear from our first, we well, our, our second Gosh. sponsor. We've already heard from one. Let's hear from sponsor number two because we had a, a, a well, it's got a pre-roll. I really like the sound of this one as well. I mean, I I I, I, I suppose one shouldn't editorialize about 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 adverts, but but I, I this sounds really good. Uh, whether like me, you leap hedges on your six, well, it's actually 18-hand hunter, or like Toby, you brave Reykjavik's volcanic ash, what do you do when you're snowed under and notice your fiercely independent elderly mum or dad isn't coping? This would have been a disaster, but now you can whip out your phone and call the Family Emergency Service, that is, the Live-In Care Company. Call 0118 914-5300. The Live-In Care Company.co.uk does exactly what it says on the tin. The Live-In Care Company, run by a fellow London caller, rocks a 97% five-star trust pilot rating and the Live-In Care Company really believe that your family should be cared for at home by carers who actually do care. We do not believe a synthetic and potentially locked down environment of a residential care home can compare to one-to-one care in your own family home. As one amazed Trust Pilot reviewer wrote recently, we urgently needed a carer with only 24 hours notice. This company contacted us very promptly and had a carer for the position within a couple of hours of their call. Absolutely amazing service with very professional caring attitude and a very personal touch to our care needs. This company is far the best we have used. Get in touch via www.theliveincarecompany.co.uk or ring us for a no-obligation conversation on 0118-914-5300. We would love to help. Okay, and as usual, the details um, uh, of how to contact uh, the Living Care Company will be um, on our Ricochet London calling page. If you Google Ricochet... It's a great idea, London isn't calling, it? It's a great idea. Yeah, it really is. Um, so, James, um, I'm, I, I spent the weekend in Hungary. Um, 
Oh, because you got invited by John O'Sullivan. John O'Sullivan. He probably won't invite me anymore because I'm, pro- I'm probably I'm probably not normy enough. Have you? But ha- was it good? Did, ha- it was was good actually. Yeah. So so um, I was I was a guest of the Danube Institute, which is the um, sort of think tank that John O'Sullivan runs, um, uh, along with his wife Melissa. Um, and um, so I was interviewed on stage by a Hungarian journalist uh, called Boris and then John O'Sullivan who was slightly late joined us on stage and we were talking about you know world affairs free speech the midterms etc um, and uh, so that was good um, and then on Friday that was on Thursday and on Friday I was then um, interviewed again by another organization called MCC I can't quite remember what it stands for um, uh, and uh, that was a rather Malibon cricket club that, it was a rather it was a rather limited rather small audience it was like mc hammers like <laughs> less wordy it's it, it's an educational chair uh, organization that um educates hungarians um uh, and um i think it, it, it's uh, low it's it's its campus is located well there's a scruton cafe on its campus which would give you a, a flavor of its politics in fact there are three scruton cafes in budapest i went to two of them and photographed myself standing in front of you know the neon <laughs> sign saying scruton and there are little busts of roger scruton in all three um but it, and what's the coffee like uh coffee was pretty good yeah not bad at all pretty good but actually the food the food in budapest i thought was really good um on i think on on i think friday was um st martin's day and if i've got this right martin was um a a a bishop who tried to avoid becoming a bishop in hungary by hiding in a goose pen but the goose gave him away so he became a bishop in hungary and then um and then was canonized and so on st martin's day everyone eats goose and so I had a fantastically good crispy goose leg um, for lunch. And then for supper, I had duck and goose liver, which was foie gras. Oh, fantastic. It was just fantastic, James. It was really so one good. of the few places in the world left where you can still eat foie gras. Yeah, and my basically. God, it was good. It was some of the best foie gras, if not the best foie gras I've ever tasted. And it's dirt cheap as well. Well, not dirt cheap, but certainly a lot cheaper. So we went to this traditional Hungarian restaurant, me and my wife and another couple. And we had um, we had... Uh, we had two we had two courses each uh, we had two bottles of wine we ended with some tokai um, and it was all in four people for about 120 quid which is a lot cheaper i think than the equivalent would be um in london oh yeah that was yeah it was just a really good value and um yeah lovely place to visit highly recommend a, a mate of mine is 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 fleeing to to hungary really from from UK. Uh, would you, is it is it the kind of place one could actually live in? Would you say? Uh, yes, I would. I would. Um, it's. Uh, I mean, it's. Um, it, it's a very. It's a very beautiful city. It's a very clean city. It's not very expensive. Um, uh, tax rates are quite low. Um, income tax is a flat rate of fifteen percent. Uh, corporation tax, if you want to set up a business over there, is only nine percent. Um, and it's not beset by you know the same problems that that um, that Britain currently is. Um, so it makes quite a no. Quite I a, bet there's not many m- immigrants. Well, there, there, there isn't there isn't an illegal immigration problem. Um, uh, so they they've got quite a they've got a fence on their southern border, um, uh, which is you know heavily patrolled. Um, and uh, you know there's no there are no just stop oil protesters kind of um, uh, s- stopping traffic. Um, 
uh, you know, the, 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 there's there's no um, there. Are, I didn't see any gender neutral changing rooms. Um, uh, you know, young women can walk home at night without worrying about being assaulted if you have a stroke or a heart attack you know you can be reasonably confident an ambulance will turn up in time um so no it was like it's almost like it's almost like um a kind of glimpse of what britain might look like if our side won the culture war um but uh, I, mm. I but in some respects i think um orban has gone a bit too far um so um uh, in, in what way well um so um they were you probably wouldn't think so and you probably think this is symptomatic of my cuckishness but um so um he withdrew um funding from gender studies courses at hungarian universities about um Good. four years ago um which i thought was possibly um uh, uh, an, uh, 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 an unwarranted interference in academic freedom and um the he also um uh, the, the, the orban's government um put various kind of regulatory obstacles in the path of the central european university forcing it to relocate from budapest to vienna is that the, is that the soros university yeah soros is the founder and chief benefactor so and also because how it, is that how is that a bad thing well I feel like, you know, we should be able to win the culture war with kind of just because we've got better arguments than the other side, not because we actually use political power to kind of uh, make it impossible for the other side to kind of continue to set out their stall and promote their values. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, 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 it's uh, uh, I think I think um, I think, uh, you know, people exaggerate um, uh, just how illiberal. Uh, Victor Orban's government has been. He's been in power now for 12 years, won, I think, four successive uh, general elections. Uh, I mean, for instance, you know, um, um, homosexuality is legal for both men and women. Same-sex partnerships are legally recognised. There's even a law banning discrimination against people on the basis of sexual orientation. But um, uh, gay marriage... Um, is not yet legally recognised, um, and he di- a law was passed in 2021 banning the promotion of homosexuality and tra- transgenderism in schools, which has attracted quite a lot of criticism, um, sort of internationally. And you know, the EU has sort of uh, condemned Hungary for being um, uh, an autocracy rather than a kind of fully fledged liberal democracy. Um, uh, but I think a lot, I think a lot of the demonisation of Orbán is exaggerated, and it's just kind of part of the general. Assault on you know right wing populism and kind of uh, conservative nationalism. Um, Do you know how how I, I know that the, the, the Hungarian administration is really sound? Uh, because when I when I went hunting, um, the the horse that I rode was originally going to be ridden by the Hungarian minister of of defense really <laughs> i think for some reason yeah he, he couldn't make it so i i got i got the horse instead right yeah <laughs> i mean what, what's not to like about about a country where where the cabinet cabinet members still go fox hunting? yeah yeah no um uh, there's a lot to like i think you'd like it very much i would recommend you know your next weekend break is in budapest mm. um uh, so um we should probably hear from um one more uh, another sponsor and um mm. uh, and then uh, we can go on to discuss the autumn state the imminent autumn statement, James. So do you like the idea of a freshly mown lawn every day without you or your gardener having to lift a finger? 
If so, you should consider getting a robot mower from robotmowerssurrey.co.uk. That's three three words, robot mowers Surrey. No spaces, no hyphens, or one word effectively, robotmowerssurrey.co.uk. Robot mowers Surrey is run by Richard, a gardener with over 15 years garden maintenance experience. Inevitably, a large part of the work has been mowing lawns. However, for the last couple of years, Richard has been recommending and installing robot mowers. As he says, he can't compete with the quality of service these robots provide. Compared with the cost of paying someone to cut your lawn, robot mowers usually pay for themselves in little over a year. If you mow your lawn yourself, think of the hours every year you'll save. Better still, because the robots can cut every day, the lawn always looks newly cut and neat, and you will no longer have piles of grass clippings to deal with as the daily clippings left on your lawn are too small to notice. To find out how it all works, visit Robot Mowers Surrey. That's mowers plural, so note the double S in the middle. RobotMowersSurrey.co.uk Robot mowers can be installed by the homeowner, but experience goes a long way and Richard offers a comprehensive installation service as well as supplying the robots. Of course, he doesn't only serve Surrey. He can supply robot mowers to anywhere in the UK and offer the installation service all over the southeast and can go further afield depending on the job or recommend a more local colleague. So why not get your robot mower from fellow London Calling Listening, Spectator Reading, Free Speech Union member Richard. Email him at richard at robotmowerssurrey.co.uk. So, Jess, I, I like I like our ads because yeah. uh, robot mowers are really good as well. Yeah. Anyway, we, we should move on because um, uh, we've I, I've got Pilates shortly. So you tell me about about your thoughts on the uh, the thing well, that you mentioned. Yeah. So the autumn statement. So um, Jeremy Hunt um, has um, uh, been, been doing a been doing a bit of um, uh, pitch rolling. Um, quite a lot of pitch rolling, actually. And one of the um, things he said this week is that we'll all be paying more in taxes um, after uh, after the autumn statement um, uh, has come into force. Um, so he's going to announce tax raises across the board. It's rumoured that um, he may even increase the top rate of tax from 45p in the pound to 50p in the pound uh, and possibly lower the threshold at which you start paying the top rate of tax. Corporation tax, we know, is going to go up. Um, so more taxes. The government is going to be collecting more taxes from us. And, um, you know, uh, one of my objections to this, um, you know, apart from just the sort of general libertarian, small state conservative objection to more tax, as well as the kind of Laffer curve objection, which is, you know, you increase tax rates, you don't necessarily raise more money. Um, my objection is, you know, why should we trust um, uh, the government um, with more of our money, given how much of it they spunked up the wall over the past two and a half years? You know, 39 billion, no, 37 billion, I think, on on. NHS test and trace, which, as far as I can tell, made no discernible impact on mitigating the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, And also, um, we now know that something like um, in addition to spending spending close to half a trillion pounds uh, to uh, pay people to stay at home and not work uh, during the three lockdowns. Um, So many people took advantage, so many fraudsters took advantage of those 
packages that something like £37 billion has been lost to fraud as well. I mean, it's a bit like thinking that the government can be trusted with even more of our money, given its track record. Um, You know, it's a bit like Say, say you know, entrusting the management of the household budget to your spendthrift teenage son you know who's probably going to you're going to look at your your bank statement see that you know money is disappearing each month to some mysterious african bank account bring it up with your your teenage son he's going to explain that he was contacted by a former nigerian prince um who is just about to reclaim all the money was taken from him and you'll soon be enriched to the tune of tens of millions of pounds you just have to keep on paying monthly payments of several thousand pounds into this mysterious african bank accounts in order to realize your gain i mean it's it's incredible how how hopeless the government has been um as custodians of taxpayers money over the past two and a half years so the idea that jeremy is going to be asking us to give the government even more. I think it's just it's taking the piss. Yes. Anyway, that's um, my take. My take on the autumn statement. Well, I, I don't think my take would be a, uh, much different. Um, so, so that's good. Uh, Tobes and James, mummy and daddy, will not fight over this one. Okay, good. <laughs> I mean, it's just um, it's a bloody swear. We, we, we're <laughs> going to do one more ad before we go to culture corner. We don't have much time left for culture corner, but no, we don't. So, I, sh- shall I shall I storm on, on in? Let, there let, for, let, let, old... Let's hear from Thor. We love Thor. Um, I Thor says in a note, I loved Toby's brave impression of my accent last week. Brave. He goes on, I've met so many positive, free-thinking London callers since Toby first introduced me to you all. I've had encouraging one-to-one calls with more than 100 London callers, city financial people packing Bitcoin, through to compound bowmen of the woods with remarkable survival skills. Some decided to invest in my services, hiring me as non-executive director, ghost non-exec or executive coach. Some had such a positive experience they've been referring me new projects. Thank you. Your fine wine is in the mail. And now, following your feedback, our Callers Coffee Club mastermind has had two meetups with a third planned. Please get in touch because our coffee club focus is on what we can do to not just survive, but to deliver on positive missions and create opportunity, no matter how dark the days ahead may get. I mentioned callers ranging from boat-toting preppers to city moneymakers, but those awake to what's going on are increasingly coming together and getting themselves FSU membership. If you're not yet a member, go to freespeechunion.org. Thank me later. And is it just me, or have you also noticed Mummy and Daddy are quarrelling less recently? Okay, last week was an exception. Can't be 100% sure, but what I am sure of is that the days of isolation as free thinkers in business are behind us. To hear more about Callers Coffee Club, connect linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Thorholt or telegram at Thor underscore Holt. P.S. If, like Ratty and Mole, you enjoy messing about in boats, ask me about Yachts to Yalta, a small boat piece flotilla myself and fellow London caller Rory Hamilton are putting together. Rory writes the excellent and rebellious Swinging the Lamp Sailor blog on Substack. Right. Okay. Uh, So, James, um, have you watched SAS Rogue Heroes yet? 
No. I can't believe it. It's quite I, up your street. Well, no, because, because don't forget, I, I, what happened was I was in Venice and then I got back and I can't remember what, what happened. There were things that, that, that prevented me from watch any of, watching any of it. So, no. I well, it's still, it's still available on um, BBC iPlayer. I watched the final episode yesterday, episode six. So it's only six-part series. And I thought, it, I thought it was... I hadn't quite realised that it's the, it, it's, it, 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 the intention of you know the bbc is to um uh you know have a second season probably then a third a fourth and a fifth maybe even oh. bring us all the way up to the present but um but well, when does it when does it end well then? it ends with um the capture of david sterling uh by the germans and as you probably know he was imprisoned in a succession of prisons camps and, and kept escaping and eventually was uh imprisoned in colditz from which he duly escaped um and i thought that was all going to appear like there was going to be one of those scrolls at the end you know which it said what what happened to all the kind of major characters we've been introduced to and a little bit about the kind of successes of the SAS during the Second World War. But there was none of that. It just ended like every other episode ends and it, it, the penny dropped. And the fact that it ended, you know, something like six months into the SAS's life, I mean, it only gets recognised as a regiment of the British Army. And I guess David Sterling is promoted to colonel in, in, in the final episode. So we're only at the, in the foothills of the history of the SAS and the Second World War is still raging. You know, the, the the Americans have only just entered when we when we leave the story. So I think the clear intention is for there to be at least one more season, which I'm quite excited about. I really I really did quite enjoy it. Oh, okay. No, well, I, I I'll put it on my you know to do list. Okay. All right. I, good. I still haven't seen the uh, the whatever it's called, the Bastard Son and the Devil Himself, or um, haven't finished that yet. That series that okay. I keep. Which have you have you seen any of it? No, I haven't seen any of it yet. But you, you well, recommend it. The, the only thing that bothers me about it is is that I reckon that, that some of the, the really nasty baddies, and they really are nasty, are going to survive because I think that there's going to be another series. Right. Uh, okay. Which is, which is I, it's one of the things I hate about this modern world, um, that, that series are never, never one series, are they? They always look for the, yes. for, the, for, the, for the sequel. Yeah, it's the kind of the lost syndrome, isn't it? That, that, that was the problem with lost. lost. It ne- never, the mystery was never really resolved. Um, yeah, and that is really frustrating. It's kind of like, you know, you sort of strike, I think we've, we've, we've talked about this before, but with series like that, you kind of make a deal with the kind of program makers that if you stay with it if you bear with it then all will be revealed in the final episode but with these series that are so successful they want to just keep going um nothing really is kind of revealed in the final episode it's really frustrating um i tell you what i have done though i've stopped listening uh, some people are going to be disappointed with me but i think i've done the right thing i have stopped listening to the audiobook of dostoevsky's the devils okay um i couldn't hack it anymore he's like, even though i think he, he might be the greatest greatest novelist that's ever been um that that's only really in evidence in the brothers karamazov and crime and punishment i think some of his other stuff is just it's all over the shop because he, he i i don't think he was that interested in constructing a uh, a ripping yarn or whatever he just he just wanted to sort of you know, play with ideas and stuff. Right. And I'm not sure that that sort of mid mid nineteenth century Russian politics they, they don't I, they don't interest me that much because you, one doesn't know enough about it. Yeah, it's like I, I remember seeing it. You know, it's satire about a period that one doesn't really know or understand. Yeah, I remember seeing a three part. It was like a Tom Stoppard trilogy, 
Um, and it was all about Russian politics in the in the kind of um, uh, build up to the, you know, October Revolution in 2017. Yeah. Um, and uh, sorry, in 1917. And it was um, and, you know, it was kind of interesting, but it wasn't worth investing nine hours of your time in. Each play was three hours long and mm. it really got down into the minutiae of kind of uh, political philosophical disputes between these different kind of student factions. And in the end, you just kind of began to lost interest. Um, anyway, um, so um, I've, I've been listening to um, Sharp's Enemy, uh, which I've been really enjoying. I haven't yet caught up with the latest, I think, two episodes of um, The Old Man. So I've got that to look forward to. Um, I hear good things about um, the latest Star Wars series. Um uh, oh, you don't. I do. I do. It's it. it no it, one watches it, it's, that. It's it's written and and some of the episodes I think are directed by Tony Gilroy, um, who did a couple of the Bourne movies and has a pretty good track record. So um, I might. I think I might turn to that in a bit. I, I tried. I tried The Mandalorian. Didn't really ever finish it. Um, looked at what um, uh, another one, but didn't really get on with that. But this one apparently is is supposed to be quite good, so I might give it a whirl. Anyway, so anything else? Any other books? Any other TV shows to recommend, James? Well, you know, I've I've, I've having stopped listening to the Devils, I've just carried on listening to um, to the the Trollop. Okay, so oh, so you are you're, you're Which, getting stuck into Doctor Thorne, are you? The one I recommend. No, 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 no the, uh, the way we live now. Oh, the way we live now. Sorry. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what's not to like? Because it's all about having enough money to be able to go hunting. Yeah, two or no, three it's, times it's a, a week. fantastic. Yeah, is, is, is it? Like, who narrates yeah, that? Is it narrated? Is it narrated by Timothy West? It is. Okay. Yeah. So he is the master. Yeah. And he's he's fantastic. He does read awfully well. He really does. Yeah. yeah. It, and and also Trollope knew, knew how to construct a pot boiler. Yeah. Didn't he? Yeah. One of the things I've noticed about listening to Timothy West read Trollope is when he does women's voices, you know, you would think kind of, you know, that that would grate and it would be harder to kind of suspend disbelief when the male narrator is doing a female character. But because he's such a good actor, it, it's absolutely seamless. You don't really notice. And it's completely kind of, you know, it doesn't interrupt your kind of suspension of disbelief at all. You're still completely transported, even though he's started speaking in a woman's voice. So, yeah, I... Yeah, he's just fantastic. Did I mention the other book that I've been... Because I, I, I have three books on the go. I have the Bible, which I read every night. I've got the... Um, uh, what else am I reading? Um, uh, oh, yes, I'm, re I'm reading the Irwin Shaw book I mentioned last Rich week. Man, and I'm, I'm also yeah. reading Breath. It's such a good book about about the importance that, that correct breathing can have right. in, in your health. And I've been doing loads and loads of... Breathing Buteco exercises. Breathing, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and it, I mean, it's made me skinny, and the wife's really pissed off about it because because I, I look like a kind of. Oh, well, does it, does like, it help like you lose skeletal. weight? My God, maybe I should start doing that. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Tobes, if you want to lose weight, Boteco is the answer. Right, it really, really? is. And you, uh, yeah. I can't believe. So you're even thinner than when I last saw you. Yeah. Oh, it's it, it it's frightening. It, it really is frightening. I I have no stomach at all now. I well, I think I mentioned this before. I look I look like one of those paintings of the of the crucified Jesus. You know, the sort of, sort of yeah. You right. can see my ribs. Right. It, it, it's quite it's quite upsetting um if, if you have to share a bed with me right right because you know you yeah but <laughs> but <laughs> luckily you don't but yeah you know, for somebody like you who wanted to lose weight you could you could there's a there's a, a site you can learn it on called learn okay. i think it is b-u-t-e-y-k-o and it's it's i it's one of the best health things i've ever done okay it's grueling but it's but it but it 
it, it's meant to cure everything from piles to cancer. Okay, well, I might try or, if it, if it yeah. lose weight. No, yeah. about the piles or the cancer, but losing a few pounds, that's very attractive. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, you would as well. You, you really would. Okay. Because one of the rules is you, you only, you're only allowed to eat when you're hungry. Okay. And uh, and you get bouts where you're just not hungry. So, right. so it's, it's not an ordeal. Wow. Okay. Sounds good. All right, James, listen, I better let you go to your opticians. Um, Pilates. So, uh, yeah, Pilates. So Pilates. Pilates. Sorry, I thought you said yeah. glasses. Sorry, yeah. Pilates. Okay, mate. Pilates, um, yeah. Uh, all right, then. All right. Well, um, see you next week. See you next week. Okay, bye. This is London Calling. Ricochet. <laughs> Join the conversation.